and welcome to Connected Conversations for Creatives, a place where creatives like you can learn, grow, and connect. I'm your host, Jennifer Carr. In today's digital age, the world of social media has transformed the way we communicate and connect with others. It's opened up unprecedented opportunities for writers, authors, and a vast collection of creatives by offering up dynamic platforms where they can share their work, connect with fellow creatives, and build a supportive network. For authors specifically, it's become a powerful tool to showcase their work to a global audience. With the click of a button, writers can share their thoughts, portions of their writing, and engage with readers and fellow authors from diverse backgrounds. The accessibility and immediacy of social media make it an invaluable resource for writers seeking to establish their presence in the literary world. So by actively engaging, sharing resources, promoting each other's work, and participating in online writing communities, writers can create this thriving ecosystem of creativity and connection. Today's guest is Jessica K. Foster. She's a middle school language arts teacher with a penchant for hot tea and romantic beach reads. And her latest book, Andy and the Extroverts, is a funny, heartfelt, young adult contemporary fiction with a dash of romance. And today, Jessica is here to talk all about how to create strategies in this ever-evolving landscape of social media that can lead to increased visibility, growth as a writer, and a richer sense of community within the bookish world. So welcome to the show, Jessica. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So first and foremost, you are a language arts teacher, so clearly you're a fan of words. So tell us about you and how you became an author. Um, so I am from a very small town in sort of like central part of the lower peninsula of Michigan. Um, so right outside the Lansing area, there's a town called Portland. Um, so Portland, Michigan, it does exist. Um, <laughs> so I had a pretty rural upbringing, um, but then, you know, was able to come into contact with a lot of different types of people as my teaching career sort of took off um, in the middle of that recession was super fun. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, and so it was, you know, it was an interesting time for me because I did, I did a lot of writing when I was in college. Um, and I actually have a creative writing undergrad, um, as well, uh, with mine, um, with my other degree, but, uh, what ended up happening was I had kids, <laughs> I had children <laughs> and, um, after I had my children, it was just so wonderful seeing them pick up different things and be so interested in like different sports and debates. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I used to really um, be interested in not just reading. I've always read voraciously, but I've always been interested in writing too. And so after my second child was born, I really picked back up writing with a gusto and, you know, what would you do if you weren't scared was kind of my motto back there back then. And, you know, I just think with blind courage, <laughs> really blind, naive courage. I just sort of thrust myself into that writing. Um, and it's just been a wonderful journey. That's exciting. Now, kids do change everything, like everything. And so like time and balancing work and life, like the, I know that probably was kind of one of those things that made you go, all right, how badly do I really want this? Yes, yes. <laughs> there were um, moments. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and even still today, like, I, I don't know how old your kids is minus 14. And so even still, I find times where I'm like, oh, you know, can, can I balance a teenage girl and all these other things that I want to do? <laughs> yep. Uh, my boys are nine and seven right now. So I have a fourth grader and a second grader and we are busy, busy and they are very sporty kids. <laughs> uh, okay. So there you go. Yeah. Like you're constantly going, okay. I, and, and I get frustrated sometimes when I'm thinking I would love to sit down and write, but my mind is so preoccupied with life and family things that nothing wants to happen. And so, um, do you find yourself having to like go shut yourself in a closet and be like, don't talk to mommy. It's writing time. You know, not really. <laughs> so I was like really strange. Um, we have an interesting family dynamic where everyone has a hobby. Every single person in our family has hobbies and we have hobby time and nobody wants to be bothered during hobby time. And so it is kind of fantastic for me because mom's hobby type is writing, you know, another kid's hobby time is actually video gaming. My husband's hobby time is weightlifting. Um, and I have another kid who's really into like STEM crafts. And so like, we all just go do our hobby time. So it's good. That's brilliant. I love it. No, that's fantastic. Um, okay. So you have just recently written your first novel, 
but that's not the first thing you've ever written I'm sure no 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 um I I've actually written several books before that book um but that was the first one um that got picked up traditional publishing wise um I made the decision that for my young adult novels that I'm writing like and for the type of novel that I'm writing I thought that traditional publishing might be the way to go for me both financially and visibility wise and so I was fully prepared to fail on multiple novels before getting picked up so like I had that expectation because I read just like very deeply on everything and everyone's like well it was the fourth novel I wrote and I was like all right we're gonna write five and then we'll give up (laughs) okay so before you were traditionally published you self-published then no, no. Um, I, I wrote a bunch of stuff and then it's all still in my computer to be perfectly honest. Um, I queried it and it crashed and burned, um, as it does. Um, just, you know, there's a lot of learning to be had and, you know, my plot structure, we will like that first book is called navigating Nessa and it will never, ever see the light of day. Maybe I'll like mine it for certain things, but it's not going to be the way, like I, it was a learning experience. <laughs> so I can get on board with understanding that. That my first book, while I did publish it and it's self-published, like looking back at it and then looking at the one that I'm I'm about to put out in February, the third one, it's so different. It's so very different. And the first one did go through like an actual editor, like a professional editor, but still the growth that happens just from book one to book two, it makes you go, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I wonder if I should have just, you know, maybe waited to publish that. But I don't know. I think that I think that it was the right choice for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't. I mean, I have so many friends who are self-published and just loving life and loving um, that type of freedom. I just um, I think to each their own. And, you know, maybe self-publishing might have been in the cards for me at one point. um, But I managed to land with a small sort of indie publisher who really understood the vision for this book that I had written. Um, And just after one phone call with um, with the publisher, I was like, yep, this is it. This is the moment. Thank God. So nice. Okay. So before we like jump into the social media part, let's talk about that traditional part because that is like a lot for a lot of authors. That's the dream, right? I I queried, I mean, I probably sent a hundred query letters and I was just like, oh my gosh, rejection, rejection, rejection. And, and you can only take so much, but what did your process look like? I love hearing other people's story. Um, okay. So I wrote navigating Nessa and I queried it. Um, and I got like, you know, a few full requests and then all, all of them are like, no, you're not ready. Uh, <laughs> and then I query, yeah, I queried another novel. Um, I don't even remember what that one was called. Uh, it's had like 12 different names. Uh, <laughs> and that one also crashed and burned. Um, but during this entire time, I'm reading craft books. I'm reading other people's books as a beta reader. I'm being an alpha reader for other people and just learning a ton about the craft. Um, I wrote a third book and this one was like a mystery slash romance, like enemies to lovers, young adult. Um, And that one did get picked up um, by an agent. And so I had an agent for a while, Um, but then that was two months before COVID hit and all of publishing went down and um, it like, there were just so many circumstances. Um, Eventually we decided that we weren't a good fit and we parted ways with each other. Um, And then I entered, well, then I entered this period where I was like, I'm just going to write and I'm not going to send it to anyone because I'm sad. (laughs) So I had like a, I'm sad. I no longer have an agent (laughs) moment. And so I wrote a couple more books um, during that time. And one of them, I was like, you know, I actually think this one might make it but I'm going to be really like picky about what I do with it and so I only sent it to a few different agents they all asked for fulls but then there was this twitter pitch contest um and it was mood pitch I don't know if you've ever heard of this um it's not even called twitter anymore it's x now I don't know um (laughs) but back then it was twitter um and there was this thing called mood pitch And I was like, oh, why not? I'm actually pretty good at making aesthetics. So I was like, all right, I'll just throw this into Canva, see what comes out of it. Um, And I got a few um, like bites on it Um, and on another another book that I had written, which was like a band camp book. Um, I like writing about camp. Um, And 
and one of them was my publisher and he asked me to send him both of the manuscripts um and I was like interesting okay sure um and then he you know he got back to me um it was a few months later like publishers are busy right and he was like let's set up a call and I'm like cool and he's like to be clear though this is about Andy and the extroverts <laughs> I was like all right sure whatever I understand it's being camps not for everyone it's cool uh, <laughs> um and we had the phone call and it was just fantastic. It was a great fit. Um, I had one of my lawyer friends look over the contract before I signed and, you know, the rest is history. That's amazing. Yeah, that's it. And, and it is like, it's rare, but at the same time, I think you get out of what you put into it. So if you're doing the work, if you're seeking the opportunities, because you never know if you hadn't taken it up on X formerly known as Twitter, you know, if you hadn't taken that step and said, Hey, I want to try this because so many people are like, my work's not good enough. I know I've been there before, you know, it's like, Oh, my work's not good enough to even put it out there. I don't want people to see it, but you don't know when it's going to connect with somebody. So you have to be willing to take that risk to take that chance and say, you know, I think it's worth putting out there. Uh, otherwise nobody's ever going to read your book. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think also there's like a huge value in having other eyes on your book before you take that yes. step too. Uh, because they can tell you, like, you got to have some real talk people in your life, and, like in your writing life, I mean, in yes. your real life too, but real life uh, too, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and they can tell you where the pitfalls are of your book. Um, and you've got to decide whether to keep rolling with it or to pull back on those types of things. And so that's where, you know, like my Scribophile family um, and, you know, my author friends that I send this to and my um, amazing older sister, who reads hundreds of books a year um because that is like her thing um and she reads like widely like in lots of different things so I was like okay so I'll send this to everybody and see what they say and um I think that that makes me more confident when I shove it out into the world too Oh, for sure. And I was going to save this for later, but since you brought it up, I had never heard of Scribophile. So like, let's talk about that. What is it and, and how does that work for you? Okay. So when I started writing, it felt very solitary, which I love. Like I love being alone. I honestly did like a bunch of Google searches for writing groups. And um, I have like, <laughs> I went in person to in-person writing groups and it just wasn't really for me. Um, I'm so socially awkward. Um, this is good because I feel safe because I could just shut this computer, <laughs> but like, but I, you know, like when looking at other people's work, I'm like, I don't want you to be offended by the fact that I found something here. I don't want you to think that I'm offended if you found something here. And it just like, it's harder for me when I see people's faces fall, <laughs> which is like how I feel as an English teacher too, a little bit. <laughs> Um, which is why it's good that I work with kids because I'm always like, no, 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 wait, it's okay. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. I promise. Um, but yeah, so in person wasn't really for me. And I saw this website, it was called scribophile.com, and my nerdy self knows what scribophile like means. Um, and so I was like, Oh, what is this? And you get on there and it's free if you want to do like a free, and I did free for like years, actually, like two years, um, before like paying the nominal fee for like a yeah. membership or whatever. Um, and for free, you basically, you post a chapter of your work, just like a small 2000 to 3000 word chapter. And then people will rip it apart for you. And they're all people who are writers and they're like from all around the world. They're like people from New Zealand, people from um, like England, people from Africa, people from the United States, you know, like they're from everywhere because internet, it's fantastic. Right. Yeah. Um, and you get to like, you, you hone in though. Like I say, this is young adult. I say, this is romance. Like, don't read this if you don't like that. Like, <laughs> so like they get to choose, right. Like I'm not over here reading like noir horror most of the time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they rip it apart. And I think I developed just like a massively thick skin from that because people can be brutal, especially behind a keyboard. Um, but also like when the same people are, or when different people from vastly different pro like backgrounds are telling you, oh, this really works. And it's always like the same line. You're like, do not kill that line. Got it, right? <laughs> Um, and the way that the website works is for every five people's chapters you help with, you get to post one of yours. And so it really is just a give and take of oh, that yeah. 
So that's amazing. I like that idea. It, it's like beta reading on steroids. It is. It really is. Although I use it as alpha reading for my stories. So like I just plug in like the roughest drafts that I have and I'm like, have at it. Like have fun. Wow. <laughs> um, and then after that, I send it to my picky people, like my two to five people, not usually five because that's too many for me. Um, but like uh, then I send it to my people who are more like specific after people have ripped it up and I've done multiple revisions. So, okay. That's, and, and, and there's the free account version, which that is so, you know, beta readers can be are free too. You know, you're not, you're not paying for beta readers, but that yeah. is such a great way to get ahead of extra editing. You know, you only need yeah. your editor to run through it once in the end and not. <laughs> yeah. And then I get to like make really good relationships with my beta readers because they're not looking for spags. They're not looking for spelling and grammar. Um, they're looking, I'm like, if there's any grammar stuff, just leave it alone. First of all, I'm an English teacher. I'll fix it later. Like it's going to be fine. <laughs> like, yes. But like, second of all, this is run, this has been run through. Like, I'm just looking for the plot holes now. I'm just looking for the character inconsistencies now. Yes. Like give me some good developmental feedback. That's, I love, right. that is probably one of my favorite parts is the developmental like feedback that I get from, cause that's what I use my beta readers for is, mm-hmm. you know, I have about five to seven usually that I'm like, just read it, put all these eyes on it. And I did have a rough experience this last go around. I had somebody, it wasn't really her genre. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, like mm-hmm. you really need people who are, are honed into reading that genre, but she's like, I'll do it. And I was like, okay. And my mistake was saying, I know you and you'll be honest with me. And instead it was, she had no connection to the story whatsoever. And so this was, it was kind of a waste of feedback. (laughs) Yep. Well, and it's like really hard, I think for beta readers to be like, I don't like it, (laughs) you know, but like, it's so brave of them. So I'm like, never going to be like, you don't like it. You know, like I would never do that. I'd be like, okay, why, where did I lose you? What, what happened? Like, where was the disconnect? Um, and then you can kind of like subtly pull that out. Right. Um, and if it's somebody who doesn't read in that genre at all, and they're like, well, I don't understand why we're doing this. And I'm like, well, that's because you don't understand the genre. <laughs> like, and that's okay. Um, I think yes. I had, I had a beta reader, not on this book, but on a different book. And they were like, why is everybody just like talking about their feelings all the time? And I'm like, have you ever read a romance? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a thing that does happen. I'm sorry that it was half of a chapter. <laughs> so That's hilarious. Yeah. If you don't know what's going on, it, it, you, you will disconnect from the story and, and yeah, we just yeah. won't sign up next time as a beta reader. Right. For that. Right. And that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. I've, lo- I've gained some beta readers. I've lost some beta readers. Um, I think that one of the most valuable beta readers that I currently have right now is a teenager. Um, because they're right in my target audience. They're like 17 years old. And um, she's like, okay, look, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. So I love that. Yeah. My, it's really funny. Um, my first two books are a different genre, but my third one, it's, it's a romance and it's, it's a, it's a clean romance. So when I got this message from a girl that I don't know her, she found me on TikTok and she was like, would it be appropriate for a 16 year old? And I was like, heck yeah it would like it's not there's nothing in there I would let my 14 year old read it kind of thing and so um you know it, they they become adults in the book but it's it's so clean that I'm like oh yeah sure absolutely 60 year old and she gave me some of the best feedback because she was like you know you're 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 writing to um, more adults here and I was like okay good that makes me feel a little better because I was you know I was writing right. to the adults and she's like why do they talk like that and I was like that's how adults carry on conversations <laughs> you know? but it was so nice to just kind of have her feedback to have a younger person's point of view and be like okay so I am writing in the right place anyway. yeah yeah but I just like laugh too because like it's just like author to author so very different for like you could read a John Green novel those people talk like collegiates like but it but it works for him like it totally works like he has a full following for that and like all right you know so more power to them and and you know to each their own you will find your audience and that's right and that's one thing that let's talk about that because to find your audience um I bet it looks a little different self-publishing to traditional publishing so how do you how did you do you have like um 
there, there are so many theories on how, for those of us who are not traditionally published, how that works. Do you have to build your audience yourself or does the, the publisher have that pre-established for you? How does that work? Um, so I think it depends on the publisher, right? Um, there are certain things built in. Um, I have the wonderful capacity here to tell you about <laughs> a few different publishers, actually, because I have friends, um, in different publish, like in different publishing tiers, I guess you would call it. Um, so most of the stuff that I do, it's me. I'm just, I like, it's mostly me. Um, however, my publisher has reach in New York city as well as in Los Angeles because they have like offices in both places. So my books appear at fairs in LA and in New York city, which is really cool. And so they get that sort of like extra, um, like, oomph, like that extra push, right. Um, alongside. And then I also really think of like the winding roads, uh, publishing family. It's like a family. We all support each other's books. We all read each other's books. We all buy each other's books. We're all like, can I take your book with me to this fair? I'm going to do you mind. Like, you know, um, I think right now geek girl con is happening over in Washington this weekend. And my book is there with sprayed edges. Like it's, <laughs> like it's really cool. Right. Um, uh, but I'm not there. Um, uh, so I got invited, but I, I couldn't fly out. Like my job doesn't super allow for that. Um, of a trip all the time um i am hoping to go to the new york one next year that i keep getting invited to so that'd be that'd be great but yeah um, new york is less of a new york is less of a jump for me from michigan than like washington (laughs) yeah right like it's it's a little different um so i do think that like i have great visibility that way and then of course like all of their social media channels like they're boosting my posts they're posting about me and that type of thing and i think that that's really great so i do get that um and i get like this personalized sort of experience with a small publisher that you probably wouldn't get with a larger publisher just because they have so many books they're churning out and that's not their fault it's just a different experience um that being said i think that if you have a larger publisher, it's almost like you get to like pick and choose almost. It seems like now I could be wrong, but I like have two author friends who are like Simon and Schuster, Penguin, Random House, you know what I mean? Like two friends Mm -hmm. who are there and they're like, they ask them, where do you want us to put the money that we have for your marketing budget? And so they got to choose like, well, I want to do a Goodreads giveaway. I want to do like those Goodreads giveaways are so expensive. I am crazy "Mm." expensive, like insane. Right. Or I would like this to be Facebook ads, or I would like this to be right. Um, And so, but then like, they're kind of almost hands-off too. Like though they have amazing distribution, you can find them in stores all over the entire country. That's it. Then they have to start boosting their own signal after that. And so I would say that I get amazing advice from um, Winding Roads on how to boost. So like they're helping like mentor me in how to be a good marketer. Um, but balancing that with being a full-time English teacher and a mom to two littles and a wife and, and, and yeah. like, and writing and like trying to write more books, I've actually put on, put myself on a bit of a hiatus for now. Cause I'm teaching a different grade this year than I have, um, for the past decade. Um, so I'm trying to like come back into that and make sure that I am just at least being above mediocre in all of the other areas of my life, like slightly above, at least hopefully. I'm trying. Um, but you know, it's just always a balancing act, right? Um, how much can I market versus how much do I want need to write right now? Or how much do I need to edit? I'm currently in line edits right now for, um, the second book that I have that's coming out this winter. So I'm trying to put my energies there when I can. That's awesome. And, and, you know, what we don't always consider self-published or traditional, whatever, you know, we have set out to become our own business owners in so many ways. Um, And the, the less support you have from maybe a publisher and the more hands-on you have to be, you're responsible for all of your marketing, all of your PR, all of your taxes, like all of these things. And and we don't think it's in the way of our art, you know, and not, that doesn't even count life, you know, like you were saying. And so, you know, we have to be able to leverage whatever we can. And sometimes that includes social media. And so I, I've, I've been a social media junkie since MySpace came out, you know, when I was old enough MySpace. to get online, right? Like I'm aging myself, but like, that's what I started on and I loved it. And it was okay. just like- a- there's something to be said for the fact that we used to be able to choose our own theme songs though. Like show me yes. a social media place where I can do that. 
I feel like there are none. There aren't any. And and honestly, like, you know, and setting song lyrics as your away messages and stuff like that. Like there was so many, like, I don't know, and choosing choosing your top eight. And <laughs> I'm mad at you this week. So you're out of my top eight. Oh my you know, gosh, so the top eight. It was so much drama in high school because oh like we could all have my spaces and like, why am I not in your top eight? I was in your top eight last week. What happened? <laughs> I saw you talking to Johnny. I'm sorry. Anyway, like. But I have been like, I have been stuck on social media since then, which is probably not a good thing to admit. But it's also, you know, you have an addiction, admit it. I've got one. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, back in the, I, I have always also always owned my own business. And uh, other than the times when I was teaching, but that was a whole other ballgame. But, you know, I've always been my own business owner. And so I, I started with the yellow pages. Like there wasn't a whole lot of ways to advertise on social media. People weren't using social media when I started um, my wedding planning business. And so it was the yellow pages. And now we have Facebook and we have Amazon ads and we have TikTok and all of these things. And so we have to leverage those things to our advantage, but it's a tricky little world. Yeah, it really is. You know, and there's no way of knowing like, what you post is actually going to get attention to like things that I have posted that I have been like oh that's a throwaway post ended up getting like a ton of traction that I'm like wait (laughs) do I want this thing to have this much traction hang on let me let me think about that for a second um I have definitely panic deleted a few tweets in my life (laughs) where I'm like nope too many people sorry um didn't mean to be this uh dichotomous inflammatory whatever (laughs) Right. Which is unfortunate that those are the posts that get the attention, right? Because you're going, it is. you know, mm, but they are, they're the ones that take off. And it's like, you know, is it true that any attention is good attention? You know, any PR is good PR. No, that's not always no. true, especially when you're repping your own brand. Yeah. I think that, you know, I don't know how much you know about all of the Twitter drama that's gone down over the past couple of years in the publishing industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that has definitely proven that not all PR is good PR. Um, it's been on the side of authors. It's been on the side of agents. It's been on the side of publishing professionals. Um, you just have to be very, I, I like, I hate to say that on social media, you need to act like everything is all like dandy and stuff and you can't be real because I know that that is a toxic thing. But if you're an author repping your own brand, you got to tread so carefully, like just so carefully on social media. Like you do not want to be seen in a bad light. And I like, personally, I think that it's really hard sometimes when people ask you direct questions that don't have a comfortable answer on social media. And then your lack of answer also feels like an answer to them, which makes it even more inflammatory. But I've just kind of learned Like, I'm just going to step back from a lot of those. So like, I'm stepping back, like I do have political opinions, but I'm stepping back from answering them on a public platform. I do have opinions about a lot of things, but my author brand is not a place to be answering a lot of those things. Yeah. And that's really hard, especially if you are working with, maybe you've written a book where, you know, representation or you know whatever you know message that you're trying to support or get behind and then you know how do you how do you separate yourself because on the one hand the book says you know you're writing this book even if it's fiction and so that can get really sticky and I've seen it you know whether it's you know racial stuff so you know whatever the case may be like there's been a lot of authors who have they have taken a massive hit because they did express an opinion and so how do you, how do how do you balance that? I don't know. I don't know the answer. And if you know the answer by all means, but I don't know. I think everybody has different experiences. And if you are writing a book that is own voices, like meaning this is a thing that's happened to you. No one can take that experience away from you. People can question the experience you've had. Um, let them. Yeah. You know, um, just like, I don't know why, but the person I'm always trying to channel when I'm on social media is a person who never had social media. Uh, but I just really feel like Eleanor Roosevelt was so classy. And I'm always like, just be Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> just try to be Eleanor Roosevelt. Like she, I mean, like by definition political, but like, just like in all of her ways, like super classy and super like, like we're not doing this today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. And I, I think that's true because I come across more as, um, 
oh my gosh, her name just left me. Maggie, um, she played Minerva McGonagall and she was in oh, Downton yeah, yeah. Abbey. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Like yes, her character, her character on Downton Abbey has always been like one of my favorites because she's Aww. like, I can say whatever I want to say and it because uh, of my status, because of my age or whatever. She's very direct. She's very blunt. And I find myself being that way. But then I'm like, you know what? I kind of have to layer in some grace there. I have to layer in some gentleness and, and a little bit of kindness because yeah, direct is always good. But at the same time, when you're behind a screen, when you're behind a keyboard, that comes across so differently than if we were just it having does. a conversation face to face. Yep. Yep. And I always find too, that like when I'm on the phone with people, um, or like, even when we do something like this, like I'm still like at least slightly censoring myself, not because I think that what I'm saying is going to be bad, but because I'm not sure if everyone understands my humor. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, hang on. Not everybody has your humor, Jesse. So like, you are going to think things are funny, but nobody else is going to think that's funny. So just chill. <laughs> I can so relate because we are, sarcasm is a love language in our family. And so, um, and dark humor is just the way we deal with things sometimes. And so, yes, I I am the same way. I'm like, while you see me online, you don't see all of me online. And that's okay too, because not everybody has the, the right to know all of you. And there are boundaries for a reason. Boundaries are good. Yeah. And you always want like on social media specifically, you always want like the attention that you're getting to be positive attention as much as humanly possible. Like I know that like we all have like human moments, but um, most of my followers that I have on Twitter, which is where I have most of my followers, which, you know, that's great. Um, (laughs) But most of my followers actually happened because of posts that I made toward other authors where I was like, hey, you know what I really wish? I wish that there were more books like this particular author because I've exhausted reading every single thing she's read, right? And then like that author hopped on Twitter and she was like, oh, I've got you. And then she would like, like tagged all her friends and all her friends followed me and I followed them and I bought their books. And like, it was like a whole, like you want it to be that sort of positive. You don't really want it to be like, like nobody hate follows other people. It's not really, that's rare. Um, Only trolls do that. That's true. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say only those creepers do that. The the yeah. ones who don't have your best interest at heart or don't want to see you succeed. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So Twitter then has been the platform where you have had the most impact or felt the most success, that kind of thing. I do think so. Um, I think that each platform has different abilities. I don't know that I make a ton of sales of my book specifically from Twitter, but that's where my writing community is. And that's where I feel hooked in. And that's where I feel plugged in. Um, I think probably I'm making more sales based on Facebook groups, based on the fact that I'm a teacher in a community where I've taught all these kids for the last decade. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or um, I'm, you know, like I'm involved in other ways with like kids' lives, you know, and like that type of thing. Or like my hometown is pretty small. So like if someone's like, I don't know who Jessica Foster is. Why is she like an, uh, you know, like a local author? And they're like, no, it's Jesse Smith. And I'm, and they're like, oh, I'll buy that. Like, <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Um, yes. <laughs> right. And so I come from like, just like a very supportive family and I come from a very supportive town and I know that not everyone has that. Um, and I think that's mostly where my sales are coming from. They're being generated locally currently. Um, but I also, I do have faith in my writing ability um, because my writing ability actually comes not just from writing, but from like observing other medias. Like I'm a huge Netflix fan (laughs) Um, and I watch so many teen dramas. It's embarrassing. Um, Like, like, do you remember like the original OC? Like, do you remember like when that came out? It was like a vibe, right? Like, and I'm a one tree hill girl and I'm a, right. Um, And I'm a, I'm a kissing booth fan and I'm a, to all the boys I've loved before fan. And I, I watch everything that I feel like I would write. Um, And I think that that's really helpful. Um, And I also am a huge fan of graphic novels and I keep a huge stock of them most of the time in my classroom. They've checked most of them out right now. I need to go get more. Um, But uh, I keep a huge stock of graphic novels. I'm huge into like um, visuals and that type of thing. And so I do have faith in my writing to a certain extent that I do feel like I hope it appeals to some sort of like audience, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
so one of the things you, you mentioned getting sales and stuff from like Facebook and, and smaller areas. I agree. Like Facebook groups are the way to go. I had like, yeah. you know, I've had the most success finding Facebook groups that were geared solely to my genre, you know, or of the first two books that, that, and I was shocked how many groups there were, you know, like Christian romantic suspense, like that seems yeah. very specific, but the number yeah. of Facebook groups that are like dedicated to that, I was like, hello, let me introduce myself. And I mean, that's, that's yeah. where things started to go up, 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 up and up. Yeah. Well, and I also think um, if you have the stamina for it, which not everybody is that's true. like, right. But if you have the stamina for it, local uh, book fairs, um, if you can get into them, um, which a lot of them are like really expensive, but not all of them are. And a lot of them are in pilot years, especially in Michigan, um, because we have such a short window of actual good weather. <laughs> like we are a northern state and but like I was able to participate in three or four this summer and met a ton of Michigan authors created an entire network we're all supporting each other now I've seen people multiple times I've seen people on panels um I'm the embarrassing person for my children at sports and I have just carried that over into when people are on panels because everybody's clapping politely and I'm like yeah Steven what <laughs> like, like I was like great panel and he's like like this isn't a sport and I'm like it is Thank now yeah <laughs> it is now um but I just have met like the most amazing people um and then like when you talk about Facebook groups I'm also part of ones for things that I read which I think is super important because even though I'm writing young adult um like romance slash humor um I'm part of like, I'm like hooked into the Harlequin groups because I read Harlequin romances too. <laughs> and they are the funniest, most amazing people. You've got everyone from like the 15 year old who stole it from under her mom's bed, um, all the way up to like this woman who's 93 and has every original Harlequin. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> um, and just interacting with like diverse people in all areas. I just think it's, it's just so fun. Oh, it really is. And that's, that's the thing. Get to know the readers that are out there, get to know what they're looking for, you know, and if it's something that sparks an idea that sparks your creativity, then you think, Ooh, I could write a book for this group because this is what they're looking for. And this is something that's come into my mind. I mean, by all means, yeah, you have to go looking for that um, network for that, for the readers, for the audience, that kind of thing. Um, and I do think sometimes we get in our mind, that there's just so much competition. Like there are too many authors we're inundated. Like we're all promoting the same things. And um, there's just, there's too many of us trying to, to reach the same goal in all actuality, like really what you're seeing out there is an algorithm um, mm-hmm. feeding back to you what you're already interested in. So you kind of yeah. have to play that, you know, play that very, logically and be like this is not this is not the case because I mean how many people exist in the world and we don't all read the same things you're just seeing what you are already interested in yeah and I I just think that we all have different brains and are coming up with slightly different things too like I mean even though I'm writing probably like a very I mean I have like a bunch next to me too this is my TBR by the way it's my TBR card I haven't read any of these yet um my actual shelf is where all of my trophies are that I've actually read, but this is like my cart of you need to stop buying books. Um, but even though my books are like, you could pick up a ton of books by like Casey West or, you know, like who, like whoever you want, um, you know, our Albert, Albert Talley, um, or just so many different people who write what I write, but we don't write it the same way. We don't write it from the same perspectives. Um, and it's just trying to find like a fresh take on, but like, see, the thing is like everybody is so searching for a fresh take, but you are the fresh. Oh, I like, I like that. I like that a lot because yes. Um, but even, and even still though, even if you are writing something that's very similar to, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to read it anyway. Like if, if, I've read this entire series and then I pick up somebody else's and it's almost the same story, just different names. I'm probably going to read that too, just because that's how my yep. brain is entertained, honestly. So yep. even if your take is just different, 
you will still have readers who are very loyal to your storytelling. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I definitely fell down like the blue alien uh, romance hole for a while. And I've read so many shifter romances and it doesn't matter that I'm reading basically like the same, like, uh, that's what I like. Like when people find what they like, they're going to read it. You know, that's um, <laughs> my book is a coming of age novel. People who like coming of age novels, they'll like my book. Like just give it a shot. You'll like it. Um, if you like summer camp, if you need escapist literature, like I'm your woman, I'm here for you. So not going to lie. You, you you know, you said not everybody likes camp. I love camp. I went to band camp. I love band camp. I went to summer camp, met my husband, loved it. You know, like there's just all kind I love camp. You met there's your husband at a camp? I did when we were 13. Oh we met at my summer gosh. Camp. No, that's amazing. This couldn't be a better interview right now. This is fantastic. Know, when you said that earlier, I was like, who's like camp? who doesn't like camp um i'm sure like well you know the main character of my book andy she does sure doesn't like camp at the beginning she didn't really want to be there um, <laughs> she learns to like camp or does she learn to like lucas you know like uh. <laughs> i mean it makes it worthwhile honestly right it right like whatever whatever works right so oh i love but. it so i'm assuming by the title that she might be an introvert and everybody at the camp is not an introvert yeah. Um, so I tried to make it kind of humorous. Um, I was really in like a camp rock phase. Like I really like camp rock. <laughs> I was watching like every possible camp. There's a movie called camp. Okay. This is like really kitschy and probably not a thing that everybody knows of, but there's a book, there's a movie called camp. Um, and it's got, what's that girl from twilight? Who's like the friend, Jessica. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's in so many other things. She's in like pitch perfect. And you know who I'm talking about? Anna Kendrick. Yes, Anna Kendrick. Okay, so Anna Kendrick is in this camp movie. It's like one of the first movies she ever did as like a 13 or 14 year old. And it's about this camp that is like a musical camp and everybody's super like competitive and they're all singing and it's amazing. And so I was watching that and I was watching Camp Rock and I was like, what if there was a character who really was not into it and they were just like stuck in this Disney movie. They were like stuck in the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how can I make that work like how can I make that happen because I can see so much humor coming out of that of somebody being like what the crap is happening right now like what is happening um and so that's kind of like I was like yeah we're doing this um and then I pulled a few like darker themes like mental health themes into it because why is she so introverted like had to be a question that was answered I think people can be introverted without anything happening to them mm -hmm. um and that was sort of the answer to who Andy is like nothing happened to her to make her introverted but she was socially isolated and there were reasons for that um and she has like panic right over certain things that other people might have panic over um but I was really like hoping for everybody to just be like super raw raw around her but nobody be nobody's like the mean girl that was like my big vibe with this book nobody's allowed to be the mean girl nobody's allowed to be the mean boy everybody is going to try to help her in the wrong way like the whole novel everybody's going to be like you can do it and she's going to be like good god <laughs> so that's pretty much the vibe of that whole book <laughs> oh my gosh I'm in love I cannot wait like it's going on a TBR like it needs to happen oh, yeah, yeah. because I can totally I can totally relate like I, nothing happened to me but I am um I am socially awkward and I am an introvert like I, I by the, the textbook definition of an introvert not shy but I am awkward so like this conversation had we not had pre-show communication would have been very very strained and like how you doing you know, we would have just been kind of sitting here. Right. So I have to like gear myself up to have conversations with people. Um, and so it's, it's a skill that you can learn, but at the same time, when I'm done, I'm exhausted. And so yep. I need to go reset. <laughs> yep. I already have plans for after this conversation, because I'm exactly the same way. I have to gear myself up to teach in the morning. Like I listen to rap songs in my car on the way to work, like to specifically gear me up to teach. <laughs> and then, um, the middle school gets out an hour before the elementary school. So I literally leave on time, like contract hours on time. And I drive to the elementary school and I sit there in the parking lot for an hour to decompress. And then my yes. kids get in the car and it's like this amazing, like different person now. <laughs> it's like an hour of silent therapy and it's wonderful. No, I totally get that. Yes. Bring my novel <laughs> oh, with me. Funny. <laughs> yeah you know it, it, uh, some days I can't even I can't even think straight to read but yeah I yeah. just have to especially when I've been around people unfortunate not unfortunately 
I'm excited. We're going to a Greek food festival after this. And so, you know, like there will be more people involved and social situations. And I love the people that we're meeting. But at the same time, like when I get home tonight, I'm gonna be like, nobody talked to me because I have talked to <laughs> too many people today. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, I really learned from so like, so that's how I feel after I go to author things. Like, I'm so happy to be there. I'm really happy you're buying my book. Even if you don't buy my book, I find joy in handing you a bookmark and being like, great on you for coming. I hope you find a book that you like, like whatever, like that is, that's fun to me. But the second we leave, like this last time I finally learned my lesson, I brought sweatpants with me and like a hoodie and like the whole way home, just like no music nothing just like full silence and then I got home and I was like okay we're good now <laughs> oh my gosh I love it no we're kindred spirits in that right and and I don't know if um I don't know how often that happens for authors but I have actually talked to several authors who are the same way and and I wonder if it has to do with our brain is constantly in gear and we're constantly, you know, thinking of things and, and wanting to write things and planning things and imagining things. Um, you know, maybe, maybe our brains are like, but you need this moment or 60, <laughs> you know, yeah. to just decompress. I don't know. And I think that some, you know, some people are really gifted for being like extroverted all the time who are writers, but I feel like they're kind of like the unicorns of writers. I do too. <laughs> the I rest too. of us are ambiverts or introverts. Like I I'm probably ambivert maybe like, I don't know. I'm, kind of introverted too um like if I were at a party would I be like trying to be the center of attention no I would not you know um yeah I'd be going home and taking a bubble bath after so I feel like maybe life has turned me into an introvert <laughs> so people will do that to you no? <laughs> yeah I think yeah. teaching does that to you too because like you get so much social interaction all throughout the entire day that by the time you're done with it you're like I don't probably need to socialize with anyone ever again <laughs> like right until the next morning like we're gonna do this five days a week for most of the year for the for like most of the rest of my life so like that feels like enough social interaction to me I totally get that and I kind of took us off track there but we were talking about your book and then and all that so um how have you marketed this one uh, so Andy and the extroverts, I definitely put that on like, a, I don't remember if I put it on, I think I put on Booksprout prior to for people to review. Um, and then I gathered my crew who had already read it, poor things before it got to my editor. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to need everyone in my family to buy this. <laughs> I'm going to need, right? Like, I need you to just like out the gate, make it look like it's already successful so that other people are like, oh, this is a thing, right? Like, that's like, th that was like my goal. Um, I reached out to local libraries. I reached out to um, libraries of places that I knew that I would be traveling um, within the next year. Um, I reached out to any local bookstores that I had any kind of connection with. Um, I reached out to um, radio stations. I reached out to newspapers. I reached out to uh, schools, like just like the schools that I'm personally connected with. Um, and like any any person that I was like, oh, they would actually be interested in helping me with this. I was like, we're doing it. Um, I would even do random Google searches of like authors wanted. I don't know what I'm wanted for, but how can I make that happen? Um, I signed up for a newsletter that would give me opportunities for podcasts, which is probably how we got to. <laughs> um, I watched for things on Twitter. I watched for things on TikTok. Um, and a lot of authors support other authors like you do um, in podcasts and things like that, which I did not know existed, but I am so here for. Yes. <laughs> and so I just kind of have been like, hey, um, I'm an author. I'm from Michigan. This is my first book. If you want to help me, that'd be great. If you don't want to help me, thank you for reading this email. Appreciate you. Um, and then I did like phone calls to some of my um, like Barnes and Nobles that are near me. And I managed to get in contact with somebody who was like in charge of all of the lower West Michigan Barnes and Nobles. And she stocked it in all of them and made me go to all of them to sign them all. And I was like, oh, that is a thing that happens. <laughs> like, cause I was told at the beginning of this, that unless you were published by one of the big five 
four, whatever mm-hmm. we are now, um, mm-hmm. that you couldn't even get into a Barnes and Noble. And that does not seem to be the case any longer because um, they have local author sections. And that's the thing I didn't know. Um, I booked a couple of author readings like events and then told my whole family that if they did not show up for me, that they did not love me, Uh, (laughs) which brought my cousins out of the woodwork, which is nice because then I got to see them and we got to have some drinks afterwards. (laughs) So, (laughs) Ryan, don't you tell me I don't love you. (laughs) And so... (laughs) Um, but like people show up that you don't think will show up. Like people are attracted to crowds a lot of times too. So like if I can create enough of a crowd of, of people who already know me, then people who don't know me come on in. And actually like one of my, like, not that I don't appreciate my family who've been uber supportive and I appreciate you. Some of you still need to write me reviews. I love you. Um, but um, my family's been super supportive, but some of my favorite moments have been like people I don't know coming up and being like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I bought your book a month ago and I'm here to have you sign it because it's going on my shelf. Like this is not one of the ones I'm regifting to someone. And I just really like this book and I'll be rereading it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's not like a, I don't know if we count that as a fan, but that's a person who doesn't hate the things that I've written. And I am so here for it. <laughs> I love that. So, so what I'm hearing is one, you have to be willing to hit the ground running. Like you, there's a lot of footwork involved. Like you just have to go out, but you also have to, to be open to hearing no, not right now, or, you know, there, so there's a lot of like, you just have to do the work and, and go with whatever response you get and and do it graciously. Oh yeah. Um, and people like, I've definitely been told no, Like, I don't want to come across as the person who's like, oh, you just reach out and everyone says yes. That is not what happens. Um, Less than half of the people that I have reached out to have said yes to me. And the other 60, 70% either never even emailed me or called me back or they were like, uh, no. And I was like, thanks. (laughs) So thanks for your time. Uh, I'm new. I don't know if I mentioned that. (laughs) So, but yeah. Well, and 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 in, in business, like you are, you are granted up to about seven no's before people start saying maybe. You're like, that's just mm-hmm. that is how business works, and so you can't just stop with one no. Sometimes, no, you know, don't do it like every single day, maybe. But you know, go back once you've exhausted your list, go back to the beginning and start over, and be like, okay, have you had a chance? Maybe there's a new opening, or you're you're, you're focusing on something new, or whatever. Like, don't just because you're told no once, don't take it as a final no. Just put it on the back burner and let it rotate back through the cycle and maybe they'll say yes next time. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are really slammed, like especially book reviewers all the time with tons and tons of people. And maybe this isn't the book that interested them enough to say yes, but maybe you read a different book and that's the one. Um, I think of it sort of like similarly to when you're querying a book, like not everybody's going to say yes, but the no's are not necessarily like, this is a bad book. It's like a, I already have something similar on my list or um, I don't have the spoons to be on board with you as like a new author or like any, any manner of things, right? Yes. Like could even just be like someone's mood when reading, like, I don't, you know, and yeah. maybe it is that your craft isn't there yet. And maybe it is that you're not popular enough on your own as an author yet for people to pick you up and also help. Cause I think that it becomes kind of like a rolling stone, right? That like, I don't know, that's the worst metaphor ever, actually. Um, worst simile ever okay it's not like a rolling stone it's like making a snowman where we start out with like there we go uh we start out with like a tiny little ball of snow but as you like continue then more and more people kind of jump on that's how followers sort of work in social media too because then people think you're someone (laughs) you get past oh my gosh i got past like i don't remember what the it must have been like three or four thousand followers on twitter and all of a sudden there were a ton of people like following me and I was like, oh, you think I'm somebody? <laughs> I am so sorry. That is currently not the case. I mean, I am somebody, but I don't think I'm as somebody as what you thought I was when you decided to follow me. But now like, um, you're welcome uh, for all of my sarcastic, <laughs> whatever, whatever you're seeing now, which is just like, me on social media is a hot mess just because that's, you know, it's like, uh, it's like a mix between look at this thing I cooked. It tastes terrible. And, oh, my babies are playing soccer this season. And, uh, Hey, you should read this person's book because I thought it was really cool. Like that's mostly my social media. 
Oh, mine is mine is so simple, especially like over on TikTok. That's where most of my followers are is on TikTok. And like today, like and, and I kind of save this kind of stuff for the weekend, but like um Saturdays and Sundays is like my personal funny stories that I have to share. But then during the week, you're like, here's a podcast snippet, here's an inspirational something, you know, and it's all over the place. You just never know what you're gonna get. So once you get here, you buckle in for the ride because every day is gonna be different. Yeah. <laughs> It is, you know, it is what it is, but it like, it also makes you human and you're like, I get really weirdly excited about random things and sometimes random shows. And then like, sometimes actors are on Twitter and they like actually tweet you back. Let me tell you about this amazing time that happened to me the other week. (laughs) Have you ever watched the original Roswell? Yes. Okay. All right. So like, I had like this huge, huge crush when I was younger, much younger when it first came out on like the Michael Karen character, like the Michael Garen. Like, I know, like everybody was about like Liz and Max, but I was like, Michael, right? And I was like, I am rewatching Roswell and I would be live tweeting the first couple episodes right now. And it was like a bunch of sarcastic comments that were like not mean toward anyone, but like just sort of like geared at like what is happening right now and like gifts, right? And then I'm just like threading them together as I'm watching. And then I was like, oh, should I tag some of the people who are in this? So I tagged all the actors that I could find that were on Twitter. And the guy who played Michael tweeted me back. And he was like, well, you better finish the series. I'm watching this thread now. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So, did you? so did um, you no. <laughs> I got most of the way through it, but then life got in the way. I'll return to it at some point. But, you know we're all in our thirties and forties at this point. So you got to give this to me. Like we're all busy. Right. I you, you hit peak, you know, you peaked and it was I like, did. I can't do anything else from I here. I peaked. Ooh, ooh. Have you seen uh, the summer I turned pretty? Like the, like I've read the books. I Amazon. haven't seen the, okay. I haven't. So it's on Amazon. Right. And I was like, I said something about how mental health is just watching the Jeremiah Fisher season, like scenes of it or whatever. And like the guy who plays Jeremiah Fisher just retweeted it. And I was like, I'm famous for one second. Right. Oh, but that's cool though. Because you just never know when you put something out there, you just never know where it's going to go. Like you said, like yeah. it could be a complete just hot mess, but somebody's it's going to connect with somebody somewhere. Right. Never right. Know. I mean, yep. you know, use good judgment. <laughs> Use, use good judgment. judgment but i also think that like you can geek out over stuff you know because like everybody has like a thing they geek out over and so i'm never gonna hide that i'm gonna be like oh my gosh look at this thing that i'm really excited about and maybe it gets one like but maybe it gets retweeted by the guy who plays jeremiah fisher like you never know <laughs> so. you don't know you don't know yeah i think um one of my biggest ones that i've done is i stitched a video with the ups driver who was talking about well he he had made a funny little um meme about himself you know what he really likes is when they come check the get their package wearing a bathrobe with their hair up in a messy bun and I was like let me tell you a funny story about a UPS incident that I had when I was two months postpartum and I was a hot mess and I showed up to the door without pants on you know like that was the one that everybody connected with and thought was so great and I was like yeah that's the story that's the story I've known it's for the now. one that you're known for now <laughs> it's your claim to fame you are the pantsless UPS woman now <laughs> guy never saw him again because I didn't open the door (laughs) okay you know we all have moments and postpartum's no joke so no joke joke. it was it was it was a rough go um (laughs) anyway so okay we are at the point where we're gonna flip the script and you get to choose what we talk about um okay all right what are you watching right now what are you binge watching right now psych it's one of my favorite tv shows yes and this is probably my fifth time through it i think (laughs) oh is it like your comfort watch is your is it it like your disassociation watch that's on in the background yes i can literally read a book and still quote it while it's playing in the background yes i I mean (laughs) i love that for you i love that for you um my my disassociation one is julie and the phantoms have you seen julie and the phantoms i don't know that one (laughs) okay it is go with me here it's on netflix you have netflix you have netflix. Okay. Uh, no we don't um, anymore because we have amazon and hulu and so we were like we uh, okay yes. well it's on netflix they only did one season of it for i'm sure actor reasons or whatever but it's about like it's like about this teenager who randomly can see ghost rock stars and they form a band together that's half ghost half real 
It's just like the most fluffy, amazing, and there's songs, and I don't know. It's just like, it's my mental health watch. It's like, we're watching Julie and the Phantoms today. My husband's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm good. I am now. <laughs> so, right, right. I just, I thought it was really well written and I thought it was really well acted. So I, you know, I don't get that moment. Do you ever get that like cringe moment where you get pulled out of the story sometimes when you're watching yeah. a show? And I don't, I don't yes. get that. I mean, it's very like Disneyfied, but like I still don't get that. So it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. What are you reading right now? Uh, let's see. I literally, I, I'm an ebook junkie like I all of my books I have paperbacks and I have hardbacks but like my ebook library is massive and so I just finished Finley Donovan um jumps the gun have you read yeah. any of the Finley Donovan I love I her have she's so not. funny I have it it's <laughs> on my TBR actually right now but I don't have any of those yet yeah it's it's so now I will say this last one, I had more cringe moments, which is funny, like, but uh, that you mentioned that, like, at the at the very first chapter, I was cringing. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to finish because I've read all the others and this one yeah. just came out and I was like, oh, but once I got into it, I was like, oh, okay. It's, it's so quirky, weird, funny, humorous. And so, yeah, that's the one I just finished at like midnight last night. <laughs> nice. Nice. <Yeah. laughs> um I am reading all October themed like all like it's either going to be scary or like witchy or magic or something you know what I mean like this is my October yes. right like I like to read like themed things for October and December specifically <laughs> like, I so, get that yep so I just finished um I don't know it's a really cute witchy book I can't remember what it was called, but it was adorable. Um, and I'm currently reading the irregular, like the super secret irregular society of witches or something like that. Um, I just started like chapter one of that one. And I'm reading to my students right now, Don't Look Behind You by Lois Duncan, which is like a suspenseful, like young adult one as well. So um, we're all like fully themed over here. So That's so funny. I think there are two different um, kinds of October readers. You either have the spooky, scary thrillers, or like I'm on the flip side where I'm like, give me the warm, cozy Hallmark, Mm -hmm. like fall. And so um, the next one I have on my list is, uh, it's called Pumpkin Everything. And it's like, I've read it before. It's a reread and I don't normally reread books, but this is one that I will reread like every fall. So Mm-hmm. so I'm at, like I'm actually reading both because the super secret society of irregular witches is supposed to be like comped to the um house in the cerulean sea so it's supposed to be like super cozy with like uh side romance right um nice. and that's actually my book club read for the month too so that's like helpful like two birds yeah. one stone <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um uh, but the don't look behind you one is part of eighth grade curriculum. So I'm just kind of like uh, running with that one. But I'm like, oh, it's themed to October. And the kids are like, you planned that. And I was like, I wish somebody planned that. <laughs> wish I could take the credit. <laughs> somebody planned that. I'm going to go with it. It's probably not me and other eighth grade teachers. <laughs> so I love that. I love when that happens. So when you're just like, oh, yeah. Um, and I'm really looking forward to like, there's not really good, like November reads unless you stick, I guess, with the fall or whatever, but, um, but I look forward to Christmas reads and and looking for my Christmas reads. I love, I love Christmas reads. Yeah. I like doing one of the, um, you know how like they have like boxes that you can get where like you get a book and then like you turn to certain pages and they give you presents. I have seen those, but I've never gotten one. (laughs) Like Once Upon a Book Club does a good one. um, And then there's like another one. I don't remember what the other one is. But I like doing like just the December ones because I want presents in December. (laughs) I totally get that. Christmas is my jam. Like I love it. Like it's not just that I'm buying myself a book. It's that I'm buying myself a present on page 32 and 179. (laughs) I so, like that. That's that's yeah. perfect logic. It makes perfect sense. I'm behind that. I think it does. And then my mom has kind of jumped on board with that. And for the last two Christmases, she just buys them for me. <laughs> okay, cool. Even thanks, better. Mom. I'm like, thanks, mom. That is actually what I want in life. So I just want more books. Oh, that's perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So how can listeners connect with you and your work? Because clearly when they connect with you, they are going to have a wild ride and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Um, so I have a website. It is jessicakfoster.com. Um, so pretty simple. Um, and on there, you can see me talk about my five-star romantic reads, um, as well as like all of the 
places that I'll be appearing and what books I have coming out and which ones I have on back burner right now. Um, it kind of, it like goes back a while. Cause like some of them will never see the light of day. So that's yeah. kind of fun for you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if you sign up for my newsletter, uh, I write, I'm writing a spinoff story that's coming out in like little sections, like the little Charles Dickens I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a spinoff of Andy and the extroverts from like the perspectives of the counselors that she has like the previous year when they were campers. Um, and so that's kind of nice. fun. And, uh, find me on Twitter, which is now called X at, at Jessica K Foster pretty simple um instagram um it's just like just look for me jessica k foster i'm there uh, <laughs> uh and i think it's like instagram is jessica k foster author and then facebook i'm there and i'm on tiktok too uh, but i think that one's foster jessica k because i was feeling formal that day and i don't really know why so <laughs> but i'm everywhere just, just google me i'm there um and if you go to my website you can hook into any social media for me so or email me. Okay. Tell me whether you loved or hated my book. That's good too. Oh um, yeah. And and all of that'll be in the show notes. So they don't even have to Google. They can just click on the link and it'll take them to all the places that you will be and yep. they can connect with you through the show notes. That's awesome. Um, okay. Here's your big question. Are you ready for it? You've had all this time to think about it. I have. Yeah. Okay. What is one piece of advice or encouragement you want listeners to walk away with if they hear nothing else? If you hear nothing else and you are a writer and you're considering writing a book or you're halfway there or you've already written one, um, just be blindly brave and persistent, blindly brave and persistent. Um, and just, you know, I, I honestly, that's my best piece of advice because that's what got me here. (laughs) I love that. I think I'm going to make that the title of the show. Like blindly brave and persistent because that that's key that's it that's all you need um yeah. I mean also maybe some writing skills <laughs> but, writing skills you know. is good um I you know there were there was a time when I really was uh honing my craft and I still am I'm still honing my craft I think at a certain point you get a little like uh craft booked out <laughs> yeah. um yeah. but at this point I'm just listening to editor you know like my editor and trying to like fix the things that she's seeing so excellent that's awesome well Thank you so much for being here and hanging out today. This was fun. Like you don't know when you're gonna connect with somebody, but I was like, this was this is fun. Yeah, I had a great time. Um, this is good. We'll go take our bubble baths later and decompress, <laughs> find That's our right. snuggies first, or our uh, our comfies or whatever we've got going on. <laughs> first Greek food and then decompress. Yes. You can't do anything without feta. It's just impossible. I agree. I am I am on board with that theory. That's